Social media is a true minefield these days, knowing what to post, when to post it, where to post it, who to tag, how to say it, it is mind boggling. I mean, is it just me or is it getting harder and harder to find the right words? Maybe in some weird way, this whole experience is forcing us to rethink the intention of our public statements. Maybe, you know, to consider investing in the message itself and understanding what the hell we're trying to put out there. I mean, let's not skirt the issue here. The ultimate reality that social media is the most legit popularity contest we've ever known in this life. What can I say? I love to be loved. I'm not alone in this. I love the love and the likes. When did life ever become this pathetic? But then if you share too much, what are the consequences? I've seen all kinds of end of days for people. I've seen all kinds of cancel culture. I know you have too. So how much privacy can you share? What happens when you break that seal? You have to really know how you're gonna be going forth from there on out. Look, my guest today does not have all the answers, but she does have most of the world's followers. My guest today is the great, legendary, epicest of all epic, most fabulous of them all, porn star, the great Jessica Drake. Welcome to Licked and Loaded. I'm Laura Desiree. My body is my fucking business. Isn't that right? That's a Jack the Stripper shirt. Uh, don't you love Jack the Stripper? She's doing social media the right way. Yeah, she's amazing. She uh, truly amazing. is. And I want to I wanna kind of talk about this insane machine that's social media today because you're someone that's seen uh, success in your industry before social media was even a thing. Yeah. And now it's such a part of our day-to-day -day lives. Like, no one gets discovered anymore. You now need to build an empire with a successful, you know, large fan following to even be visible to so much of these decision makers, whether it's Hollywood or any big, you know, industry. So in particular, what would you say you value social media for, both in your personal life and in your professional life? So I think from the perspective of my professional life first, the most valuable thing about social media is being able to connect with fans mm -hmm. in a very intimate, a very real time, a very accessible way that before my my sort of method would be being very personal with them on my website. Um, my website became really big at the same time that piracy was sort of taking us out, right? Um, and the reason that I thought that was the case is that I've always been so accessible with fans, like at conventions or dance bookings or anything like that. Like, I'm so grateful to them for supporting me throughout my career that I always want to give them that personal attention. So when people were downloading stuff for free online and they weren't paying for porn, um, they would still like come to my shows, they were still joining my site for that one-on-one -on -one interaction. So via social media, uh, I've gotten to know 
fans literally all over the world, people that I never would have reached otherwise. Um, and in some instances, it's definitely enabled me to not only promote all of my Wicked.com work or my OnlyFans or whatever project I'm working on at the time, um, but I've also sort of, sort of used it as a way to help them support my causes. Um, instead of an Amazon wish list, I'll get them to donate to AIDS Walk LA every year because it's how I celebrate my birthday and it's something I've done for like 10 years. So to be able to harness the fan base is super valuable as far as social media goes. Um, from a personal standpoint, I curate my feed fairly deliberately. So I'm able to get real-time news about things that I'm super interested in. Um, I don't follow a ton of celebrities. I don't, I don't think I follow a ton of people in the business either. Um, some people I admire, some people I actually know in person. Um, but for me, it's a lot of like real-time news and protests and current events and things going on and upcoming causes movements elections all of that stuff sure sure i mean it's definitely it's it's an endless opportunity on all these platforms whether you are using it to connect with the information and the latest updates in the world news or whether you're looking to see what your friends are up to do you think that there is a way to tell if social media has a healthy place in your life or not like whether you're using it too much or relying on it too much for those connections yeah, so I think that there is, well, nor normally, I think that our parameters to judge that would be a little bit different than they are right now. Um, currently, we're in what I don't even know if I can call it the middle of a pandemic, um, yeah. but we're in this really weird space. And one of the only ways that we have to connect with people is devices, right? At the same time, if I have a super stressful or super anxious day and I feel like that has anything to do with current events, um, I figure out, am I doom scrolling, right? Like, am I just scrolling to see every single bad thing? And I'm super conscious of it at this point, you know, and yeah. I'll, put, I'll put it down, I'll walk away. Um, but outside of a, of a global pandemic, I think the best I think you're the best judge of your own on-screen habits and the way that you can sort of gauge that is, do you feel more anxious? Are you being entertained? Are you on the opposite side being uh, made to feel like you're compared to someone or something? Um, and it's also really important to just like look at who you follow, like look at what your feed is feeding you. Um, and what I, what I also should have mentioned earlier, as far as my personal feeds go, or my personal time that I spend on social media, I curated my Instagram feed. Um, I started doing it a few years ago to follow a lot of baby animal accounts and <laughs> goats. Like I, I love goats so much. So I have a bunch of stuff bookmarked on my Instagram um, where if I am having a shitty day, it actually has become a form of self-care because yeah. I have this section of bookmarks that are just all heartwarming animal videos. So right. I think that it's, it's user experience, right? I think it's all what you make it, but I think that it's important that we are 
mindful of what yeah. we are letting it do to us, right? Well, we're in control of what we're consuming. And that's what so many people just lose sight of, I find. I mean, social media dictates so much of our life, our daily activities, what we're going to be pushing towards, working towards. It affects our dream chasing and whatnot. Like, it has just dominated so much of our mind and the life that we live now. But people are forgetting you can control it. You can curate it. And the way that you interact with certain posts is going to ultimately dictate what's going to continue to show up on your feed, right? Like, so true. And we're, really especially, we're especially finding that out now. Um, Shadow banning is a very real thing. Um, if we, uh, well, if, if I as a sex worker am interacting with other sex workers, it will change the algorithm a bit. It won't unshadow ban us, you know? And the more views something gets, the more likes that it gets, obviously different things are gonna show up in your feed, so. Yeah. What about community guidelines? You know, like people get their Instagrams fucked with constantly. And I just, I hone in on Instagram because it's the one I use the most. I love it. We're not clear on what is or isn't allowed. How much of an ass are you able to show? You know, I find that it's this weird sliding scale with sometimes you get this huge following, uh, very sexy, whether it's a celebrity or a, a porn star who, you know, I think that they also are celebrities. Um, you know, you know, you can't, you can't tell who, you know, what the ratio is of how many followers you need to ensure that, yeah, you can show a thong photo and not be taken down. You know, also what ratio of those followers are other high following accounts, other verified accounts. Like, I don't have a grip on what the community guidelines are, but I have definitely been shut down a number of times. Posts get taken down, uh, my account gets shut down. What's your experience with this? So I've been fortunate enough to never have my Instagram account uh, taken down. Uh, I have been hacked before. Um, I have been, I have had posts removed that made no sense at all. Um, and being told that they violate com community guidelines or rules. Um, I've contested it and they've put them back up. I can't think of any situation where they didn't. Um, I've also experienced having images disappear from my feed that I know aren't breaking any rules, nor did I get any communication from Instagram about it. Uh, the bottom line is Instagram hates sex workers, uh, hates anything that portrays women embracing their sexuality. And yet there are certain celebrities, Kim K, who can absolutely get away with it. If you read some of the Instagram guidelines very closely, things like, um, covered nudity is not allowed on Instagram. So you hand can't raw. your hand raw, exactly. Yeah. Um, but we see celebrities, mainstream Hollywood celebrities, we see them do it all the time. Um, I don't know if I have an easier time with Instagram now that I am verified. I'm not really sure, um, but I definitely, um, I take into consideration the images that I post and I also understand that overall, there's just an algorithm that goes in and flags anything that it deems as having too much skin. And that is frightening, especially for bigger bodies. That is especially, especially discriminatory. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I am a fan of the platform because of the reach that it gives me. I am also um, very 
um, I'm not happy with them overall. Like I think their terms of service and guidelines are extremely problematic and discriminatory. Um, I've also helped people get their accounts back. So when someone gets their account deleted, um, there is a process that you can go through. So many people, hopefully many people in the community can petition Instagram. You can say, uh, I can, uh, I think so-and-so's account was deleted on accident. We really value this account. Please bring it back. Right. Um, and who knows how long it takes a human to You've actually review You've seen success with that? You've seen that um, actually work in, in the favor of the user? I have in the adult industry. I've seen it work three different times. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so one, one was a pleasure products Instagram, and two other times were performers Instagrams. Well, I should say one was a one was a porn performer, and the other one was more a sex worker educator. Yeah. It's amazing because any kind of content, even a sexual education page, something with an educational tone, something with a sexual health focus still gets flagged and taken down. It's like they're really trying to keep anything of this word, sex, anything having to do or anything that might be linked to it gets pushed down or policed immediately. Fuck the patriarchy. (laughs) Did you all hear that clearly? Like, come on. So being a high follow account like yours, like you've got a slew of followers on all of your social media accounts, what is your vetting process when you're making a post? Like what considerations do you make? Not just images, but text as well. What goes through your head? That's a really good question. Um, I'm going to answer that question and then ask me about data right after. Okay, because I'll forget. (laughs) I'm writing it down with a shirt. (laughs) So... So um, as far as a vetting process as to what I post on social media, for me, the platform sort of dictates what I'm posting. So on Twitter, I definitely um, promote more of the adult stuff. Like I'll plug wicked.com, my OnlyFans, like all my naked work. Instagram, uh, I am both a performer and an educator at the same time. So when I was creating my grid on Instagram, um, it was it was very, and not at first, because like who really knows how to make their Instagram at first? Um, yeah, I no. Wanted, I wanted to make like 50% of my Instagram pictures of me. And then I wanted to make 20% of it like, quotes or the way I feel that day or whatever. And then the other 30% might be educational and that might have a little travel in it or whatever. So there was more thought as to the overall aesthetic and the design. Um, As far as quotes, if I post them or text when I post them, basically, um, I'm really careful to attribute quotes to the people who originally said them. And I think that's really important. If I repost artwork, I give the original creators uh, credit. I also like to uh, signal boost for other people. And I run analytics on my Instagram all the time. And I find that Instagram stories right now have a much higher click-through rate or conversion rate or engagement rate than your actual photos on the grid. So a lot of what I do, I'll promote other people or projects in my IG stories because I think that that's where so many people spend the majority of their time. Um, And to make a post up there, if I'm making it on behalf of another person, do I know this person? 
Um, can I, and I won't say like vouch for them all the way, but it is important to be able to somehow vouch for them. It's sort of like, I hesitate to give anybody recommendations, right? Because if you do and it turns bad, that's kind of on you, you know? Um, and then as far as like when I'm, when I'm educating, I post things that I feel are useful. Uh, I will post about hot topics. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's informative, can I verify it? Is it true? Um, and is it something that I think people would either find informative or entertaining? Or is it a hot photo that they want to look at? So if it's, if it's those things, then it makes any of the platforms. That's so interesting about the IG stories, right? Because think about it, it is built to just play. Once you click one, you go through all of them that are in that lineup. And so it really has become more important and more effective than posting on the grid these days. Very much so. And you can post as many times on your IG story and, and make that whole story of your whole day because they run for 24 hours. Hi. And people will absolutely click through every single one of them. Yes, so. they will. Jessica, talk to me about data. I have it written down here. Thank you. Okay, so what everybody, uh, especially people in our industry, what everybody should know about Instagram and your account, you can go to settings, and there's one, like, one more thing to click through before that, but you can actually get your data saved. You can back up your own Instagram. We should be doing this on, well, as far as like however much we update, if we update a ton, maybe we should be doing this every week or maybe every two weeks or maybe once a month if that seems right for you. But what they do is they, Instagram will email you a link of your whole Instagram account and you have to download that and you'll save that to your device so that if you are deleted, you don't lose all your posts because I feel like some performers or some people in general, um, especially people that have never lost an account, will take a picture, put it on Instagram, you know, add the filter and the caption and, and make it just look exactly the way they want. And if they lose their account, it's gone. So you can download I mean, all of that. That feeling is awful. Can we, like, we have to be human about this. The first time that you see your, your account get shut the fuck down, it is horrible. Yeah. It's an awful thing. I fully went out in a full black garb the night that mine was taken down. I had a black veil on. I went to visit friends at a drag show. And I'm not kidding. I was like, I'm here celebrating and, and remembering the death of Laura Desiree because she's no longer on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, that is the level of obsession that I had to face in that moment. And every once in a while, um, I actually put the directions up in my IG stories because it's a couple of clicks. Like, it's go to settings, go to this, go to whatever, and then it gets it gets to um, back up my data. Yeah, smart. It's smart to help, uh, you know, carry that education forward for people. So as far as sharing private life, uh, you're a very private person. I love it about you. It makes me, you know, so excited and curious to be like, oh, how can I get inner circle? But when it comes to sharing privacy or trying to give people access to a private life, how do you even begin to do that? And how have you decided to go about it? I think that's a really good question because in the beginning of social media, everybody just wanted to be polished perfect, you know, all, completely filtered, um, glossy, whatever. Um, and I think that we just had an influx of 
things that we were posting to make people jealous or to give them FOMO or, you know, like it isn't, it isn't realistic, right? And everybody, and it's so important to realize we normally, just generally, right? Like as a culture, we normally post the highlights of our life, right? Um, we don't post our worst moments. And I still don't post my worst moments, but a few years ago, um, and it was sort of the same time I was realizing that when I speak about the adult industry, I have to be very clear that I'm strictly speaking from my experiences, my lived experiences, and I come from a place of great privilege. Um, and I cannot speak for everyone in the industry and everyone's experiences are vastly different. Um, as soon as I got to that point, I also realized that to really drive that point home, I needed to not be so polished on social media. And I think the key to, um, I think that there's a fine line too, I think, um, between really speaking your truth and like really saying if you're having a hard day um, and then just completely really spilling your guts in every way, shape, and form. Um, I think sometimes when people do that, they may look back and say, well, I wish I hadn't said all those things or posted all those things about this. Um, for me, it's been important to let people know, especially during the pandemic, that I have had good days and I've had really shitty days. Um, I was going live on Instagram every day, and I think I made it to about 67 days, 67, 69 days. And um, I had to take a step back because it was really interesting. On the very last two or three days of that whole thing of going live every single day, um, I had people coming and trolling me so badly. They came out of nowhere. But they were saying some really hateful, ridiculous stuff. And the way that I handle that on an IG live is that I don't respond to them. I just let their, because everybody comments so quickly on my IG lives, they just disappear, right? So I don't say anything about it. If they're really vile, I'll screen cap it. That way I can block the person later. But I had about three days of that in a row. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a break. But during those 67 days that I was going live on, on IG stories, it was at the beginning of the, not really quarantine, but the stay at home order in LA the pandemic. And for the first few days, I didn't know what I was gonna do as a person um, because I work so much, because I travel so much. Yeah. This is the longest I've ever gone. The whole time I've been in this business without traveling. I've missed conferences, conventions, as we all have, yeah. um, trainings, public speaking gigs, uh, seminars, workshops, meetings, like just yeah. everything. So I was trying to figure out what my role in all of this is. Like, what is my place? What am I providing to people? So for those 67 days, I was providing them with connection. I was telling them, you know what, everything is completely fucked up right now. You know, I don't even know what's happening. Like we have no good information, um, but just know that you may be alone in your house or alone with whoever you're quarantined with or at stay at home orders with, but 
but we're all going to get through this in our different ways, but I'm here. So pop in every day. I would tell them what time I was going to be on and I would be on for about an hour every day, just talking to people. And over those 67 days, like I cried. I think I cried like ugly cried three different times. Uh, definitely got tears in my eyes at other times. And I think that that is displaying actual real human emotion, not just being like, oh, I'm so perfect. Everything in my life mm -hmm. is fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that, that that vulnerability is super important to have. And it shouldn't just be, whether it's an adult performer or a Hollywood mainstream celebrity or a politician or whatever, I mean, I think that it's better to give people insight into who you really are, you know? And, I mean, thank you first and foremost for sharing so much of, you know, your journey in this and just, you know, talking to us about your actual reflection on it, because that's important to take note of. Uh, the other side of vulnerability, of course, is what we're seeing with, you know, people like Kanye West right now. This is, you know, a bit of a dangerous uh, moment for him where, you know, I, my heart goes out and in a way we're watching someone go through a very public um, mental health episode, right? And obviously this is someone surrounded by yes men. This is someone who, you know, is surrounded by people enjoying the gravy train and likely won't confront him about it and say, let's actually do something about this. You need help. So what are things that people shouldn't be sharing? You know, like when you're, when you're trying to be real and you're trying to have this vulnerability and give this access to people, what shouldn't we share? I really don't have an answer for that. I think, I think with with what's happening with Kanye right now, I I think that this is only my opinion, and I'm not a mental health professional. But I don't think at this point he has a choice in what he's sharing. I think that he is out of control, and I and I also think there's so many layers to this problem. Um, he absolutely does need help. He has said he's been diagnosed as bipolar. At the same time, we, we have to be really careful with um, watching this meltdown and making fun of it because we're sort of stigmatizing mental illness. And the reality is there are a lot of people who have been diagnosed bipolar. Um, I was reading the timeline of a celebrity um, when other people were talking about him melting down, she was giving a lot of education on bipolar disorder. And yeah. at the end of the thread, she said, sincerely yours, someone who's been diagnosed bipolar for a decade. And I was like, wow, what a great way to handle this situation. Um, so I think what, what not to post, like just in general, like take Kanye out of the situation. Sure. Uh, what what not to post don't don't post anything that's not true don't post anything that's attacking someone um definitely don't tell people to harm themselves um i think that we we all have like a baseline of what not to post right and then everything else is going to sort of vary from person to person um I think that the situation that he's in right now, I think that if someone was able to get him to step away from it for a while and really get some space, that it would be a great thing. And I really hope that he gets the help that he needs. Mm -hmm. and, and I see more people making fun of the situation and further stigmatizing the situation, and that's disturbing. So well, that's, that's the ugly side of social media, right? It's like yeah. we, we have this ability to 
point and laugh and gang up on someone. And that results in, you know, the public laughter going on about Kanye, but it also results in things like cancel culture. And you you definitely see the mob mentality come to life. You can, yeah. you can certainly see that. Um, and we have to recognize that it is like every platform is a very powerful vehicle. And yeah. so it definitely does depend on who is behind the wheel. Right, yeah. right. And I think people need to really, you know, ask and inspect within themselves where they stand in that argument before you jump ahead just to tear someone down because it's sport. It's like some, some you know, shoot the duck game that you're playing while you're on social media, right? Yeah. Is it true? Is it useful? What are your thoughts on dick pics? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good segue. Right? Um, well, I mean, look, I don't open my DMs uh, generally because when I do, it's penis, 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 penis. But you've seen some of them. Come on. I I know. I know. I've gone through. I don't. I every once in a while, I'll go to the other side of my DMs. That's a scary place. The no man's land of DMs where anyone's allowed to send you something. And every once in a while, I go in there and I will get some of the most creative and some of the most horrific dick pics, you know? I do, I venture over to the other side occasionally and I will find things like, the guy I lost my virginity to. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, how you doing? Um, Or, or somebody that my, I, I might have crossed paths with and they'll be like, I saw you in Ralph's supermarket on aisle three and you were wearing blah, blah, blah. And I got next to you and I said, could you hand me the, and I'm completely creeped out by that. Of course, because um, that's creepy. Yeah, uh, yeah, if, if, if anybody, if you see me in public, please just say hi, don't lurk. Please just be direct, say hi. I'm normally super cool in public. Um, if I don't want to talk to you in public, there's probably a reason please respect it (laughs) Um, right i i think that well first of all i accept dick pics on my only fans and i welcome uh members to send me pictures of their dick because it's in a in a consensual environment like i'm i'm telling them that it's it's okay to do this um i think the dick pics with all of the technology that we have are getting more creative (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, although I do from time to time still get the dick pic on the toilet, y'all don't do that. Um, I am also getting very creatively lit pictures of penises. Um, I'm getting them in different like environments. People are giving me some ambiance, like building a little set for a dick pic. So. I've seen- an increase in flaccid dick pic photos and if I suck it in and I pose and I give myself you know the moment to actually you know look good and presentable on camera then your dick should do the same thing I'm not saying a flaccid dick isn't presentable I'm just saying it's a first fucking impression you know what I mean like can we please work on giving it a little oomph for zhuzh or put some pride behind it (laughs) a dick pic is a first impression I think that's the quote right there. Like, but it really is like, just think about that. When I open up that picture, that is my first impression, not just of your dick, but of you. Of you. Of you. But I mean, dick pic, that's a reality. A lot of people get super, super, I've heard some really, I'm so offended. I can't stand getting them. It's, I, I understand, but unfortunately, agreeing to be active on a social media platform today does open you up. 
yes to the potential of being exposed to that kind of content and that's just really yeah. no it really is well jessica you're such a dream to talk to this has been invigorating and informative and really insightful thank you for being so incredible and making time for this today you're so awesome i love talking to you i love talking to you i really love talking to you how do people be as glowy and as positive and as sunshiny as you because even if you're talking about something you know sad difficult or challenging you've got this little like a uh, sing of hope in it you know it's the ring light it's the ring light it's it's the ring light well, get one for your phone. <laughs> <laughs> never, uh, never underestimate the power of therapy and work on, you know, yourself and, you know, own our, I think owning our bullshit is super important and understand that so many people in the whole world are feeling a certain way, especially right now. And on top of that, there are also so many people in the world that have some kind of trauma in their background. So I think that it's a it's a a bit of compassion, like a very deliberate compassion, and my willingness to always see the best in people. Yeah. Um, and overall, I'm happy with who I am. And even though life is an utter shit show right now, I'm alright. You know. So. Yeah. Doing the best I can, right? Just like all of us. So, where can people connect with you and all your fabulous content online? All my hardcore lives on wicked.com. I am also currently doing live shows on wicked.com, and the next one is August the 6th. I don't know if this will be out by then, um, but they're all also archived on OnlyFans. I'm onlyfans.com slash Jessica Drake. On Twitter, I'm the Jessica Drake because the other one was taken. Um, and on Instagram, it's Jessica Drake, like Jessica Drake. I mean, the one, the only Jessica Drake, let's be real. Thank you so, so much for taking some time today. I know people loved listening to this. So all the best to you. We'll be hugging soon. I hope I so. so. I miss skin. Like I just miss I, I'm saying touching starved. Like I want to touch people and have. I, I'm like, my mind will also go split screen into like, I miss like rubbing up on people consensually in the what? club. I miss yes. like just that animal energy of being touched and gripped and. Ugh. I never realized how much I touch people until I can't. Give yourself a big hug because Jessica would be doing it right now if you were there with her. Okay, That's I'm getting a Jessica you. hug right now. I love you, babe. You take care of me. I love you. Bye. 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 See ya.